Paul Newey starting his hand off, hoping to get unstuck with Ace Jack off suit. You know, Kirk is definitely back as we see a call. Queen nine. Let's go. The Aussie has returned. And Coleman's going to play. Seaver's I'm actually in. not stuck that much, though, personally, because originally Sam had 500 of me. Yeah, cheers so for that, buddy. 43 and a half. And trick it. Defense is big blind. Well, a couple of boats, Nick. We are playing 400, 800 in a retro hand from the super high roller cash game in 2015 in the Poker Go studio. Paul Nui playing a very deep stack, $500,000 as are most of the other players. He opens it up with the ace jack under the gun. Kirk calls with the queen nine offsuit and the cutoff. That's a little bit loose. That's a little bit splashy, but whatever. Coleman on the button with pocket sevens make a, makes a very standard call. Scott Seaver. Normally plays logically and reasonably. He decides to splash with the 10-3 of hearts for fun. And Sam Trickett closes the action in the big blind. Let's spin the wheel. Yeah, and of course, one might be thinking that Seaver didn't have to get in there with that 10. Whoa. Let me save that point for uh, this is quite a flop. Set over set. Middle for Coleman, bottom for Trickett. Someone lost a big pot? It wasn't that big. <laughs> I'm ready for a... Are you a short? How would you get so short? Coleman proceeding with caution. Elects to just call the flop, which I think is a good play. Flop comes. Eight, seven, four. Two diamonds. That gives Trickett. Bottom set. That gives Coleman. Middle set. And everybody else, nothing. Trickett makes an interesting play of betting. He puts in $6,000 into the $14,000 pot, which I actually think is okay. When you're playing very multi-way, especially on a board where you don't really expect someone to bet because 874 just nails the small blind and big blind calling ranges, I think leading makes a lot of sense with your hands that are almost always good but are vulnerable. And that's going to be two pairs and sets, right? Also, the nice thing about bottom set is that when you have bottom set, you don't block your opponents from having top pairs or top two pairs. So this is an excellent hand to lead, and he does. I don't think leading is mandatory. And if people are going to be calling with, you know, queen nine offsuit and the cutoff, then it becomes better to bet or better to check because they're going to have a lot of random hands that connect with this board that more tight ranges may not. But whatever, he leads. Over around to Coleman, who opts to just call. And I don't mind the call, but I think playing this deep stack, it's probably fine to go ahead and put in a raise, especially against someone like Trickett, who is known to be kind of loose and splashy and aggressive. Because I think Trick is going to be leading here with more than just sets and two pairs. I think he's going to have a lot of draws. And if you put in a medium raise to like $20,000 over a $6,000 bet, playing 500000 deep or however it is deep they're playing, Trick is going to feel pretty inclined to call. And you're going to be able to extract a lot of value. Also, if you make it 20 and then Trick it re-raises to any reasonable amount, you can call. Because you either have the best hand by a mile or... You have the best draw by a mile with your full house draw. I do realize Trickett could have the nuts. A lot of people won't lead with the nuts, though. So I think this is a spot where I probably would have put in a raise playing super deep sacked. Whatever, though. Coleman calls. Maybe he thinks Trickett's range is just so trashy that he really wants to keep him in the pot. And maybe he thinks that if he raises, Trickett will get out of the way with all sorts of junk, which would be bad. Really, Coleman's strategy depends a ton on what he thinks of Trickett's range. And as Trickett's range contains more hands that are just dead 
then obviously Coleman should be way more inclined to call. Turn is the ace of hearts. That's what I have. That's interesting. And I think we're going to see Trickett bet again into Dan most of the time. Yep. And from there, now Dan has a real decision whether to call or raise. There's merits to both. If you know you're up against three fours, of course you would love to raise. But what a trick it's betting again with a hand like queen eight suited. Or even jack ten, not of diamonds. Just a very aggro play. You also want to leave him in. Turn is the ace of hearts, which is to some extent a blank, because normally the ace should connect well with at least one of the two players, but in this scenario, neither player is going to float the flop with stuff like ace-king, unless it's ace-king of diamonds, right? So this is a situation where most of Trickett's range that would have bet the flop is either still a draw that doesn't mind fold equity, or it's two pair that's almost always good. So I think Trickett can reasonably continue betting this situation pretty frequently, and he does. He goes for a big, chunky 22,000 bet into the 26,000 pot, and I like this. This is a spot where he's essentially saying, I am very polarized. I either have the nuts or I have a draw. Hopefully I'm putting you in a guessing game. This time he is not though, because Coleman has middle set and he is not going anywhere. It's a cool situation because if Trickett bets big on the river after Coleman calls, the pot is currently 70,000 bucks. I imagine on most rivers, if Trickett bets big, like 70,000, Coleman may actually just call. I'm not sure, given they are playing super deep stacked, but if your opponent bets into multiple people on the flop and then bets large on the turn and then blasts the river, they're saying I have a straight, two pair, a set, or nothing. And if you raise, they may actually fold out a lot of the two pair on a lot of rivers, which means you're only getting called by sets and straights. And obviously, Trickett can have all the combinations of straights. So cool spot where maybe Coleman's just trying to find a way to not go broke in this hand if he does happen to be set up. I'm not sure. That may sound a little bit nitty. Maybe it is a little bit nitty. But given Trick, it could have 16 combinations of the 6-5. I think it's not so bad to be a little bit cautious here. Anyway, he does opt to just call on the turn. I think this is good. I mean, as Coleman or as Trickett's range is for, uh, more and more full of still junky hands, you definitely want to call and you definitely want to keep him in because either he can improve to something like two pair or three of a kind, or maybe he'll just decide to keep bluffing with whatever junk he has on the river. So... I don't mind the call, but when you are playing very deep stack, you do always want to consider, how do I get money in while I am very far ahead? And calling doesn't really do that. But at this point, given we are so deep, maybe there is value in just making sure you don't go broke in this hand when you do happen to be beat. Let's go to the river. To potentially bluff rivers. Wow, another seven on the river. Quads for Coleman and Trickett now as a full house. I think I'm now more tilted than you, Matt. This is not good for me in the game. This is an absolute disaster for Trickett. Yeah. Meanwhile, these guys are still chattering away at the side, and Trickett's involved in yet another serious pot. It's true. You know, it seems like whenever Trickett is involved in a big pot on the river, the, the rest of the table seems to have the green light to just uh, scream across the table. I don't know if there's a better feeling than rivering quads and having your opponent put in a $35,000 bet. What I want to know is that given we are $420,000 behind... How much would you raise to? Would you raise to 100,000, 210,000, or all of it? 420,000 facing this 35,000 bet. 
Let me know in the comment section below. This is an interesting spot because when the board contains two sevens, it's very likely that Coleman has something like a seven suited or eight seven suited. Those are hands that all make a whole lot of sense. They would obviously raise the river, right? So I don't think you can go egregiously big in this situation like all in. However, I do think you should go pretty big because if Trickett has a set of fours or a set of eights, he's just going to call, right? Also, if he has six five, he may decide to call. So I think you probably want to go pretty big in the spot. The only time you'd want to go smaller to like 100 is if you think Trickett will fold out a straight to an all-in, I'm sorry, to a 210,000 raise, or if you think Trickett will make kind of a tight fold with something like Ace-8, if he happens to have it, or if you think he'll fold a straight to a 210,000 raise. Look, I don't think Trickett's really the folding type. If you give him a full house or a straight here, I just think he's going to call. So if his calling range of any raise is going to be straights and full houses and nothing else, then you want to go pretty big. The problem with going all in here is that he may actually start folding out full houses and straights to the shove. But I think if you go 210, he's probably just going to have to find a call. Let's see what Coleman does. That would be really good for the game because whoever loses is going to be very tilted. And it's so funny the things that steam him off too. And Trickett is about to be very tilted too because it's, it's going to be really hard to get away from this hand for him. Because the way the hand played, Coleman can have so many draws, 9-10, diamonds. Uh, well, now he's going to see how cold this deck was to him. It's a, it's a really rough river for Trickett. What happened on this hand? Yeah, yeah I was going to call like any amount. <laughs> well, you also had much better hand than I thought you would The way I played. Yeah. Yeah, fours. Coleman goes for the small raise, and maybe he left a little bit of value on the table. Maybe not. Trickett even says, after snap calling, <laughs> I was going to call any amount. And to be fair, I don't know if he would have called all in, but I think he probably would have called a, a much bigger raise. And I think Coleman probably could have gotten an extra $100,000 or so out of this pot. That's going to be it for today. If you enjoyed today's video, do me a favor. Click the like and subscribe buttons down below. Also, I have another fun hand queued up for you next where Tom Dwan and Garrett Adelstein battle it out with quads versus a straight. Make sure you check it out. Good luck, have fun, make the most of your opportunities, and when you get quads, I hope you get maximum value.